I'm Randall Watson with Watson Farms in Sherman, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and the planters are rolling in South and Central Texas. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride all around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine has been a shock to the grain markets. We've seen limit up moves, we've seen limit down moves, and the volatility continues. We'll check in with Texas A&M grain marketing specialist Mark Welch to get his take on the invasion and its effect on the grain markets coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a young ag professional in the Texas Panhandle, there's an opportunity coming up soon for you to learn about a special Texas Farm Bureau program designed for people just like you. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is underway as it celebrates its 90th anniversary. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have the milestone story on Texas Ag Today. Ukraine has a rich agricultural history, including some of the most fertile soil in the world. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The grain markets have seen major disruptions over the last week with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Texas A&M grain marketing specialist Mark Welch says it's not a surprise that an event like this could shock our grain markets. Current estimates are for some 30 percent of the global wheat trade to originate from Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Russia has also become the fourth largest exporter of corn. Uh, they, they export some soybeans, they're the number one exporter of uh, sunflower seeds, as, as well as a standalone country for wheat. Uh, so this, this, these areas and these countries specifically, and uh, they matter a lot. Welch says there's currently a global shortage of cotton and grains, and that's why we're seeing such a sharp reaction to events in the Black Sea region of the world. The current volatility in the commodity markets can make it especially challenging to market the 2022 crop. Mark Howard grows corn and cotton near Dalhart in the Panhandle, and he says the price shocks combined with the rising cost of inputs is making for a challenging year even before the crop is in the ground. Oh, we've been worried about availability of of products, fertilizer, chemicals, as well as the price of of all of those things. And uh, uh, you kind of get in to a situation when it's inflationary that if you price one aspect of it, you might better think about pricing the other or, or at least having some, some risk management because uh, we, we don't like to leave too many loose ends. Uh, we'd probably feel pretty comfortable about having 
locked in inputs and pricing the the actual commodity and uh, they're again leaving the upside open on the commodity and hopefully by doing the inputs early we we've ensured availability so we know we're going to be able to produce a crop as much as west texas weather allows Howard was named the 2021 Cotton Marketer of the Year at the recent Beltwide Cotton Conferences in San Antonio. USDA is investing $215 million to expand meat and poultry processing in the U.S. The Meat and Poultry Processing Expansion Program uses $150 million in funding from the American Rescue Plan Act and will help provide more and better processing options to producers as soon as possible. That's USDA's Karama Neal. This is a grant program that offers up to $25 million to expand processing capacity through a variety of activities, including but not limited to construction, expansion of facilities, and acquisition of equipment, all of which are tied to expansion. Neil says there will be upcoming webinars to explain the expansion grant program. You can apply for a meat processing expansion grant at grants.gov. If you're a young ag professional in the Texas Panhandle, there's an opportunity coming up soon to learn about a special program designed just for you. James Hunt has the details. Coming up on Saturday, March 26th, a district meeting for Texas Farm Bureau's Young Farmer and Rancher Program is taking place near Hereford. Local ag producer Landon Freemel is hoping to see a big turnout. We are going to have a catered meal a fun evening of games and visiting, and there'll also be information talked about regarding Texas Farm Bureau and the Young Farm and Ranch Program across the state. Landon, whose family is engaged in farming and livestock production near Hereford, says being part of the Young Farmer and Rancher Program has allowed him to gain knowledge by meeting other producers, both from nearby and around the state. It truly makes a difference in how your view of agriculture changes and how your view of your own operation changes and what other ideas you can include in your own operation. Landon Freemel and his wife Brianna serve as chairpersons for District 1 of the Young Farmer and Rancher Program, and Brianna says the program has really been helpful for her. I was actually not raised in agriculture, so when I married Landon, it was kind of a crash course into all things agriculture. So as far as my perspective or knowledge of the farming and ranching industry, I'm still learning. And so for me, YFNR has been a great opportunity for me to learn about all the different types of agriculture and how to be involved in it. Although the Young Farmer and Rancher Program is oriented toward ag professionals ages 18 to 35, the district meeting is open to everyone, including children. Admission is free. Once again, that's Saturday, March 26th at 6 p.m., and it's taking place at the venue at 1062, which is located northeast of Hereford on FM 1062. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is celebrating its 90th birthday. Tom Nicoletti has the story. The 90th edition of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo is underway, beginning February 28th and running through March 20th. Dr. Chris Bowman, the HLSR President and Chief Executive Officer, shares the excitement surrounding the 90th version of the largest livestock exhibition and rodeo in the world. Well, it feels great. And I think it's just a testament to the folks that have come before us and and everybody that's been a part of of our show, not only from a leadership point of view within our volunteers and all that's happened there, but also just how much and how important it is to the community. And uh, because you don't have success without people coming and and being a part of it. So 
it's such a collaborative event for everybody to do their part. And, and I think it's a celebration of unity and uh, we're, we're looking forward to doing it. Over the decades, millions of people from Texas, the United States and around the globe have attended the Houston show. The first part of our show is our international piece. Our international committee will host folks from sometimes up to 30 plus countries. And so one time, almost every state was represented, even from our volunteer base, but obviously our visitors as well. Definitely think it's a treasure for Houston, but it's something that uh, so many people can enjoy. For the urban folks, we want to make sure they know where their food and fiber comes from and how important agriculture is to their daily lives. For the agriculture folks, we want to be able to let them tell their story, but at the same time, celebrate what our community all is all about. And we do think this is certainly a community-driven event. If it's fun on the farm, if it's ag venture, it, there's a number of different things that, that folks can participate in to learn about agriculture. That is Dr. Chris Bowman with the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which is being held at NRG Park in southwest Houston. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Ukraine has a rich agricultural history, including some of the most fertile soil in the world. Gary Joyner reports from Waco. We're learning more about Ukraine with each passing day. The yellow and blue flag of Ukraine is directly tied to agriculture. It signifies a golden field of grain with clear skies overhead. And for good reason. Ukraine is blessed with tremendous farming and forestry resources. Agriculture is a major sector of its economy. The country is also a key player in global agriculture. Ukraine is the world's fourth largest exporter of barley and corn. It's the fifth largest exporter of wheat. Sunflowers and soybeans are also major crops grown there. Agriculture occupies over 70% of the country's land. On much of that land is a super fertile black soil that's been described as the richest soil on earth. It is important to the crop growing conditions and high agricultural yields for the country. Sources in the country say the Russian invasion will impact the spring planting season that would normally start in two to three weeks. Farm exports from Ukraine have also been halted. World commodity markets are reacting to this reality. A war is not a good solution to commodity markets. Big shortages of fuel and fertilizers in Ukraine are expected. Equipment operators are in short supply because of military demands. The country is under attack. Our thoughts and prayers are with farmers, ranchers, and all people of Ukraine. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. If you're looking to learn more about some of the wildlife species that we see here in Texas, a pair of webinars are coming up later this week. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And plantar fasciitis is a common cause of foot pain in humans. But did you know horses can also develop this condition? Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Need money for college? Between the state and county farm bureaus, more than $693,000 in scholarships is awarded to high school seniors, enrolled college students, and technical college students. You could be one of them. These scholarships and awards are another way Texas Farm Bureau invests in the future of Texas agriculture. Find out if you qualify on texasfarmbureau.org. That's texasfarmbureau.org. Hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships is waiting for you to apply. The application deadline is March 1st. 
We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Well, if you've ever had plantar fasciitis, you know what a painful foot condition it can be. But Dr. Bob Judd says horses can also develop this condition. Plantar fasciitis affects the bottom of the foot in humans, resulting in pain at the heel. The plantar fascia is a tissue that runs from the heel to the toe in people, and this condition seems degenerative rather than inflammatory. Prolonged walking, running, and just standing for long periods can lead to the condition in humans. Horses can also develop plantar fasciitis, and it actually develops at the same anatomical area as it does in people. But because of the difference in anatomy, plantar fasciitis in horses develops at the backside of the hock. The bones in human's heel correspond to bones in the horse's hock, so plantar fasciitis in horses usually has swelling, pain, and lameness at the plantar hock. Plantar on the back leg on a horse means the backside of the leg, and in humans refers to the bottom of the foot. The condition is also called curb in horses and is related to a sickle hock conformation in some horses. Many horses develop the condition during training or competition, and it's very common in standard bred racehorses. The condition can be caused by trauma, although commonly thought to be related to overload or excessive strain during athletic activity. It's also more common in horses worked on a deep, sandy, or muddy surface. Many of the horses were lamed to varying degrees of lameness and had to stop work due to lameness. The diagnosis of the condition is usually determined by a veterinary exam and ultrasound, and healing can be monitored with ultrasound. Treatment involves rest and anti-inflammatory medications. Some vets recommend a heart bar shoe to better support the heel in performance horses that are susceptible to this injury. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you'd like to know more about some of the wildlife species we have here in Texas, a pair of webinars are coming up this week that may help. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. To introduce more Texans to our native crane species, the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service will host a virtual birding seminar March 3rd. Up Close with Cranes will take participants up close with the U.S.'s native cranes and explore their similarities and differences. There will be four speakers. In addition to discussing the U.S.'s native cranes, they will also share new research and behind-the-gates habitat management for cranes. The course will be held 6 to 8.30 p.m. March 3rd. Cost is $15. Interested parties must RSVP at wildlife.tamu.edu backslash birding. That's wildlife.tamu.edu backslash birding. Extension will host another event of interest for outdoor and wildlife enthusiasts on March 3rd. The Rangeland Wildlife and Fisheries Management Webinar will focus on the influence of disease on wildlife conservation. Dr. Tammy Johnson will discuss how host pathogen vector interactions influence the emergence of new diseases, the spread of familiar ones, and the appearance of outbreaks and epidemics. This is important because disease plays an important role in wildlife conservation and wildlife population. That webinar on March 3rd will run from noon to 1 p.m. Cost is $35. Register at agriliferegister.tamu.edu. That's agriliferegister.tamu.edu. Search Rangeland Wildlife and Fisheries Management. Again, both of those webinars are on March 3rd. Both require pre-registration. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. 
The volatility continues in the markets thanks to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We saw a big jump again in the grain markets on Monday and a big drop in the cattle markets. Look at all the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas veterinary students, the Texas Farm Bureau wants to help you complete your degree. This year, the Texas Farm Bureau is offering four $10,000 scholarships to second and third year veterinary students in a professional DVM program in Texas. Applicants must plan to enter a rural or food animal practice in Texas after finishing their degree. Applications are due March 1st. For more information, visit texasfarmbureau.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The Russian invasion of Ukraine continues to dominate the market news right now. We saw a lot of volatility in the grain markets last week that continued in Monday's grain and livestock trade. The grain markets saw another big jump on Monday, taking back much of the big losses that we had Friday. That, in turn, pressured cattle prices. We finished lower across the board in the cattle market, with the exception of the nearby February live cattle contract. Of course, it's going off the board, very light traded. It was up a buck twenty-two, closing at one forty-fifty. April live cattle down 50 cents at 141.42. The June down 60 cents, 137.70. Feeder market responding to that big jump in corn prices. We'll get to that in just a minute. March feeder cattle down 230, closing at 157.72. The April down 275 at 162 even, while May feeder cattle were down 280, 167.80. Cash-fed cattle market, all quiet here on Monday. We wrapped up last week selling most of our cattle here in the south at 142. The total negotiated cash cattle trade for last week, 68,349 head. About two-thirds of that committed for nearby delivery. The remaining third committed for deferred delivery. Boxed beef prices were mixed on Monday. Choice up $0.07, cents, 258.34. Select down 13 at 255.28. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. When you hear cattle beller, it's time to get them sold, even in bad weather. And we had some in San Angelo this week. Let's go to Jody Fry. Jody Fry, how did the Thursday sale turn out? Well, all things considered, I think we got along pretty good. We had 535 hit. This morning, the roads were, were pretty treacherous in spots. Had a couple of the weekly buyers that had plans of being here and uh, just had to turn around and go home once they kind of got out on the back roads. Compared with last week's sale, calling these better quality kids and yearlings, kind of 3 to $5 lower. Slaughter cows and bulls, steady to $2 lower. I'd say most of the decline coming on the thinner-fleshed uh, cows and bulls, the good, fleshy, high-yielding cows and bulls holding about steady. Continued strong demand for those young, heavy-bred cows. Your better quality steers today went 4,600 pounds, 135, up to a high of near 
185, mostly 145 to 165. Better quality heifer calves, 4,600 pounds, 125 up to a high of 165, mostly 135 to 150. Slaughter cows average to high yielding, 60 to 75. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 77 to 85 did have one small package of very highest yielding slaughter cows brought 93.50. Thinner or lower yielding cows, still a few of those from 30 to 55. Slaughter bulls, 80 to 95. Several of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 97 up to $1.09. Red cows and two-year-olds average to better quality had a few small sets of medium to heavy bread from 800 to 1275. Had one really fancy set of uh, young black and black white face heavy bread cows uh, off of one ranch. Good set of cows. They brought 1660. What do you think for next week, Jody Fry? We should bounce back from this. Depending on the weather, I don't think we'll have quite as many sheep and goats as we had this week, but still in that range, probably a four to 5,000 head on the sheep and goat and should be able to get at least 900 to 1,000 head of cattle next Thursday. Tell everybody how to contact you in San Angelo. 325-653-3371. My mobile phone, same area code 234-7895. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Now back over to the futures market where lean hogs finished lower on Monday. April hogs down 17 cents at 103.50. May hogs down 17 at 107.65. Class 3 milk steady to higher. February milk unchanged at 20, 92, 100 weight. March milk up 14, 2204, 100. The cotton market finished slightly higher. However, the Russia-Ukraine war continuing to weigh on the cotton market fears of a global economic contraction, helping to keep a lid on any gains in the cotton market. May cotton up 49 points, closing at 119.12. The October up 7, 104.41. December cotton up 3 points at $1.36. The corn market took a big jump to the upside. March corn up 38 cents, 6.97 and a half. September new crop corn up 28, closing at 6.22 and a quarter. Both hard and soft wheat took back much of the losses that we saw on Friday. July Kansas City wheat up 59 and a half to close at 9.40 and three quarters. With July Chicago wheat up 67 cents at 9.17 a bushel. In the energy markets, April natural gas was down 7 cents, 4.39. April crude oil up 4.27, 95.86 a barrel. In the financial markets Monday afternoon, the Dow down 166 points at 33,892. The Nasdaq up 56, 13,751 while the S&P was down 10 points, 4,373. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.